Happy Friday. It's the Sleepers Podcast. More importantly, it is Riley Friday, the third of its kind. Riley Davis, he check, is here to save the day, save our show, and end the week on a good note. Carter, you're on time today, first of all. I just want to start with that. Uh, credit to you. You heard the critics. You who the you heard the boo birds, and you showed up in a Connor Cook jersey with a snapback hat right promptly at 9.01 a.m. this morning. It's uh, very impressive, my friend. I'm not gonna lie, it's no time to toot my own horn, but this DV is doing me wonders right now. Y'all peeping this collarbone? Hold on now. You could eat soup out them things. Don't talk to me now. Riley, would you like to eat soup out of Carter's collarbone? I I think I'll pass, but I did I did compliment the Connor Cook jersey. Just obscure player when you're not from Michigan State, like being from the South where he kind of was like terrible for three years, then all of a sudden had that year where he turned himself into something and became a draft pick. But, you know, I always respect the the off the beaten path jerseys that you can rep for your team. So I got this for like seven bucks at a local TJ Maxx. Mm, I feel like actually once a once upon a time, I got a Carolina James Michael McAdoo jersey for the same thing at like a Marshalls, <laughs> like ten bucks. <laughs> this might be my state of Michigan bias showing, but Connor Cook should not be mentioned in the same breath as James Michael McAdoo. I feel like Connor Cook yeah. won some things, some very impressive things. It was very seven dollars at a TJ Maxx cart. Like that's that's not good. Um, hey, all James right. Michael McAdoo won at least one championship at the Warriors. Put some respect on JMN. Yeah, I guess. As the twelfth or thirteenth man. That's a that's like a <laughs> Jonathan rings. Kuminga championship. I don't know that I count that. Um all right. We got twenty-four comments on yesterday's video. We're just gonna dive right in. And then Riley, of course, brought three topics that Carter and I know nothing about. Should be fun. Uh again, subscribe on the Sleepers Media YouTube channel if you want to support the show. That's the best way to do so. We read the comments every single day and start the next day's episode with the comments from yesterday's, which is what we will do right now. Starting with Seymour, who said, just want to say that hearing y'all say Seymour butts 420 in the middle of a serious basketball discussion will never cease to amuse me. And for that reason, I will continue the engagement whenever I have the time. Loving the dedication to the content recently. Keep it up. Y'all should have way more viewers than you currently do, given the quality and frequency of content. Thank you, Seymour. We love you, Seymour. Card, any comment on uh, us being a blue-collar podcast and deserving more views than we get? You know what? I don't even want the notoriety. I just want to keep grinding, getting it from getting it out the mud. But thank you, Seymour Butts420. Please say the full name. We get to chuckle out of that. Our, our beautiful Carter Elliott once said, stay low and build. That's the founding principle that Sleepers Media was built upon. And uh, three years later, we're still doing it. Tristan says, it's the weekend, so good vibes from me this time. That's a shocker. Great work as always this week, guys. And shout out to Riley, too. Riley, a shout out to you. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Pretty, it's it's like an olive branch or maybe a Velveeta branch from our our buddy Tristan Freeman, and not not coming through with any shots today. So shout out to T. Tristan really is a changed man. He's showering. He's waking up at a reasonable time. He's drinking water. It's it's really great to see the strides he's taken over the years. Michael Mann twenty one seventy one said loved Cart's idea of the draft. Great work, fellas. Uh, maybe too much positivity in the comments section this morning. That's three consecutive happy comments. Cart, are we are we feeling good? Are we nervous? I kind of needed these to be honest with you. I'm not gonna lie. We feel good. Okay. It, the draft was a great idea for the record. Uh, I, even though I destroyed you and you took Fran McCaffrey, 
Tourney J35 says the draft block was awesome. Whose idea? It was Cart's idea. Izzo at two because I'm petty was funny as hell. That's when I won the draft. Greg won by a mile, taking a coach at two. Oh, my God. Here since the jump. Love seeing the subs increase every day. This may be too much, but Pat McAfee and the boys vibes for the show. I'll take that. That's uh, that's high praise. We we respect that show very much. Yeah, a little pinch melon in. <laughs> Gavin Booher, uh, ninety-two fifty-seven. Actually, I'm sorry, I gotta go back to that. Does that make Riley our AJ Hawk? Okay, now now I'm gonna start reaching and saying that Riley can. If I if I look really quick and I'm waking up with eye crust and I'm just, I I could I could see the AJ Hawk. You guys got the same facial structure, very strong jaws. I mean, I was a very prolific linebacker for Charlotte Christian, just like he was one for Ohio State. Kind of, you know, one-to-one comparison there. So I'll take it. Uh, are we going to unveil today, or are we going to wait till a later date, Riley, that you were a professional football player at one point in your life? That that story, we'll we'll share that story for another day. Okay, we'll save that. Maybe a teaser for next week. Uh, Gavin, that in the Bo- Gavin Booher, ninety-two fifty-seven says, "I need a ranking of Big Ten coaches when it comes to drip slash vibes." The Mike Woodson talk made me think of this. I think his facial hair goes hard. Carter, I don't think you think anything about Mike Woodson goes hard. No, the nothing goes hard. The drip is terrible. The facial hair gives white van that shouldn't be within a hundred feet of local parks. Um. I, I'm not going to rank all of them from top to bottom, but just know that Mike Woodson's dead last. Let that be known. Number one, though, oh, man, where would I go with number one? Probably Juwan. It's got to be Juwan. Yeah, probably Juwan. Juwan. Jordan P.E.'s, like, that That gives him a, a head start on every coach. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of Big Ten coaches I feel like are just in last. Like, throw Greg Gard down there. Yeah. So I, I have a pretty clear three. There's only three that deserve mention, in my opinion. Everybody else is like just totally content being a lame. Maybe 3.5. The 0.5 is Fred Hoiberg, just because he's always like cleanly dressed, looks nice, has a sick polo on. He just like, it's hard to take him seriously because he's Fred Hoiberg. Uh, the three that do deserve warrant. Brad Underwood deserves mention because he always has like almost like a, I don't know, like a track jacket on. And orange is a good color on him. He's got the slick back hair. He just sort of owns who he is. I respect it. Uh, Izzo, I wouldn't call it drip, but there's a very real sense of like if Tom Izzo's in the room with you, whether it's recruiting or a media day thing, if Tom Izzo's there, there's an aura around him wherever he goes that's just like, holy shit, don't mess with him. And it's it, I, like we felt that the first time we went to media day car, like it was like almost intimidating to even like walk by Tom Izzo, whereas everybody else was inviting. So uh, he deserves mention. And drip wise, it's just Juwan. That's the only one car. You even said that like the first time you saw Juwan, you were like, this man is a presence and so different than everybody else in the conference. So yeah, until you assault the people. Brian Bins 6004 said the Michigan MSU rivalry stuff is why I am very happy with Illinois place in the conference. No true rivals where things get weird. Just a lot of fan bases who are mildly annoyed by us. I think that's very well said. Uh, and then his Illinois five is Darren D I O Terrence Shannon and Kofi with a sixth man, Alfonso Plummer and the coach bill self. Wow. Uh, I think that's a good five. I'm sorry. I might've missed that it was bill self and Illinois coach. Yes. Oh, I hundred percent did not know that until right now. Yeah, you Thanks weren't a you weren't a college basketball fan at that point. It was 
it was a while ago. Uh, Keith Johnson, 32, said, Will you rather have a 16-team summer league with tournament of college alumni put on by the NCAA or between the Elite Eight and Final Four weekends, a four-team tournament with all conference teams? I feel like those are two very different things, and I want both on paper. Riley, what do you think? <laughs> I'd lean that summer league tournament just because during the final four, no one cares about anything other than the final four. I mean, I know I haven't been to one yet. Y'all know I've been at the last two and maybe there's a little more buzz around the festivities, but all those different all-star games, it's like, does anybody pay attention to them? Even if you're there, I can't imagine you'd stay for more than like a quarter, a half. I don't even know what the structure is of those all-star games. Car, what do you think? I know this isn't an option, but I really don't want either. Uh, I want some other type of functions at these things outside of basketball. Ah, would like you like maybe, to elaborate? Like maybe, ha- like maybe put them in like a, uh, a cornhole tournament or beer pong or flip cup or something. Like I'd love to see, I don't know, shit, throw any player out there and just go toe to toe in a game of chase Audige. Yeah, it sounds like you just want to day drink. With college basketball players. That would be amazing. I would love to see basketball, college basketball players in a day drinking environment. Yes. Okay. Uh, Riley's point about nobody cares at the Final Four is very true for the record. Um, you also like, you run into an issue where they have to be incentivized. Like, if you put all conference teams together of guys who are no longer playing college basketball, they wouldn't take it seriously or care unless there was like a significant paycheck on the line. So I would take the first option of those two. Good question, Keith, though. Appreciate the creativity. Uh, Tig4009 says, I think the hate from Illinois is all just the offseason comment. We failed on our biggest need, point guard, of course, but addressed the shooting issues last year by adding Damask and hopefully a healthy goodie. Uh, he went on just a really, really long comment that was very well thought out uh, and basically said it's a B offseason and my grade of a D is what people are upset about. Maybe. I mean, I if you listen to any of the other videos I've done on Field of 68, I am like harsh across the board. Like Rob keeps making fun of me on it every time he tweets the videos out. I think like pretty much every fan base feels I'm two grades low, lower than I should be. Um, to me, again, Illinois had one goal, one goal this offseason, get a point guard. And then their backup goal was like, well, let's also see if we can bring our guys back. Uh, I can't give them credit for bringing the guys back when they missed the only new thing they tried to add to the roster. They straight up didn't do it. And then one of the guys they did sign, Jeremiah Williams, just committed to Rutgers. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say, guys. They get a D from me. We'll see if the team is good. Aiden Tree 3327 says lots of talk about the gap between Purdue and MSU. Where would you rank them nationally? Riley, we talked about this on Heat Check, uh, the Hangout, which yeah. I think is coming out today. Where would you rank these two teams preseason? I have Michigan State three and I have Purdue four. And part of reason, part of the reason why I'm not swapping is because I'm petty. And I said that like a month and a half ago. And despite the regs heartfelt pleas to put Purdue higher, I'm not changing. It's a crazy ranking. Cart, what's yours? Yeah, I have Purdue three and Michigan State four. Okay. I have Michigan State four. I'm fine with that. I have Purdue two right now behind Duke and ahead of Kansas. Uh, but I think I'm higher on Purdue than most people. So league him says y'all are hilarious. Do you think that's an honest, like genuine comment? Or do you think that's like a y'all suck? Y'all are hilarious comment cart. I'm going to take it as y'all are hilarious. That's great. And y'all agree. 
a lot of positivity today. We like it. Seymour, Seymour Butts 420 is back in the comments section. It's a very bizarre time for myself to be a mutant fan of MSU basketball and UM football. It is becoming incredibly toxic and also just kind of weird with the Twitter posturing. Did not expect someone to pull out the KD burner. Yeah, the burner stuff was crazy. More importantly, though, Seymour, you can't just slide in and say that you're also a mutant like me. I've never <laughs> met another mutant like me, but you're the inverse of me. So you and I root against each other in everything, Seymour. Wild card. I don't okay, know what now to I, make now it. I got Now I got suspicions that Seymour is just your burner. No, I we did make a burner yesterday, though. But I think we violated the first rule of a burner. We told everyone we made a burner. So, <laughs> Slappers Media, if you want to follow the Slappers. Can, wait, can, can you reveal the text you sent me 10 minutes after creating a burner account? Uh, what did I say? I don't remember. You said, you said Carter, we have, we have really, really bad news. And with some dots. And that's just a text. And, I'm, and that could mean... For anyone who knows out there in the sleepers media world and our construction, that could mean anything. That I mean that could mean that we're going to jail. Who really knows what that could mean? And then like 10 minutes after that, I get a response that says, I love having a burner account. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, I gotta change the password. Yeah. Yeah. Has uh, has slappers interacted with anybody yet, or is this still just sort of existing out in the ether waiting to to make its presence known? We we did one tweet. We quote tweeted uh the sleepers episode yesterday and basically just said, LOL, screw these guys, Carter can't golf. <laughs> so uh I don't know. My my intent So you was... made a burner and us and insulted and quote tweeted yourself. I don't I don't know if that's how that's supposed to work, but Riley, you've been yeah, he far about burners cast the first stone. You've been far <laughs> removed from the Michigan Twitter sphere this week, my friend. We have a lot to catch you up on. Uh C Schmeid2079 said Greg's team wins simply because Carter took Fran LMAO. Yeah, again, that was one of the worst moments in the history of this podcast from Carter. Riley, did you ever see our our teams? Did you see the two Big Ten teams we drafted yesterday? I did not. I haven't watched it. I've, I've I told Greg Cart, but I'm at the beach right now, so that's my excuse. I've been on vacation this week, but no days off when it comes to Riley Friday. So you know, I had to tap in. I love I love that energy. Wait, can we say our teams really quick, Greg, so you can pick? Yes, I had Zach Eady, Boo Booey, Jameer Young, um, Jaden Akins, Olivier Kamwa, Peyton Sanford off the bench with Tom Izzo coaching, and I had Tyson Walker. Terrence Shannon Jr., Deshaun Harris-Smith, Tyler Wall, Coleman Hawkins, Scotty Middleton off the bench, and Fran McCaffrey as my head coach. Goal is to win a national championship. We said that on the front end, Riley. And you said you have Izzo number two? I I took Izzo second overall, yes. Yes. And you still managed to get Edie and Budarius? And yeah, you didn't crazy. draft a Wisconsin player? I think I got to give Greg the edge card. I'm sorry, man. Crazy, crazy. Card said he needed a coach I, on the floor, so he took Tyler Wall in the fourth round. <laughs> hey, I like some of the perimeter players. I like you got Walker and Shannon. That was a great start, but just the rest of the team was like, Greg was playing 3D chess, and you're over here playing tiddlywinks. Yeah. It fell apart for Cartino, but uh, there there is a contingent out there that thinks Carter won the draft. I think we'll get to that in a little bit, maybe in the comment section, unless I'm thinking of the wrong video. 
Uh, Wyatt Robinson, 76-20, says Illinois 5, Derek Harper, D. Will, Nick Anderson, Eddie Johnson, Kofi. Tough to leave off Kendall Gill for Harper or Kenny Norman or EJ, but Harp was my favorite. Illini, there were several omitted from 89-05 and others, but those guys are the best players at the one through four. Uh, and then if Myers had played for Daddy Brad, he likely would have been the five. Cart, uh, how many of those names that were just said do you know anything about? I mean, I know like a, I mean, I know a good amount of those guys, um, but also why I just really revealed his age with that comment. Not 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 showing the ageism, but he really revealed it with that one. You continue to show some ageism week after week. That seems to be a reoccurring theme for Cartino here. Uh, I like that five, Wyatt, for the record. Appreciate the comment. Adam Widener, 5571, says, Greg, I do agree with you about Illinois offseason not getting a point guard, but I do think a lot of people are underestimating Ty Rogers. If you underestimate Ty Rogers, then he will have fun against his competition. I would not be surprised if Ty Rogers wins some type of Big Ten award. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm underestimating Ty or overestimating Ty or anything. I'm just evaluating Ty off of what we have seen, which now includes a video that Illinois basketball themselves put out of Ty Rogers getting absolutely manhandled by a six foot, 170 pound true freshman and not being able to dribble the ball between his legs. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. Not the propaganda I would put out as an official team account if I'm trying to paint one guy as point guard. But uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn got in Ty Rogers shit in practice and uh, even had to come release a statement. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn did saying, stand by Ty, stop tearing him down. So Illinois continuing to Illinois this offseason. But I don't think I'm being harsh on a guy who has zero made threes in his life is a sub 50% shooter from free throw and is supposed to be an all big 10 point guard playing point guard for the first time in his life. That's just crazy. Uh, Card, any comments on the Dre Gibbs Lawhorn video? Uh, well, my Dre Gibbs Lawhorn stock is now through the roof. I'm glad I bought that low. Uh, and also, I'm just picturing State Farm Center all just being standby tie or stand with tie t-shirts like, <laughs> to start the season just as a sign of support for their new point guard. I, uh, I, I don't love the Gibbs Lawhorn tweeting move because – you can hate I, players that tweet now. Well, can I can I just hate. do the can I do the body language expert thing? Can I do my first official 2023 Illinois basketball season body language expert thing? Please. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn was not tweeting I stand by Ty to stand by Ty. If you buy that, I'm sorry. That's you're just the most uh whatever, whatever the word is. I'm I can't think of right now. That was a move to draw more attention to the fact that he's eating Ty Rogers alive. Okay, that's a Sky Clark move. That's the Sky Clark slide in our DMs last summer and be like, LOL, I'm the point guard. Don't worry. But then publicly be like, I stand by my team. I love my like, nah, these dudes have some egos. These dudes are selfish. Dre Gibbs Lawhorn was hype as shit that he has a clip from the Illinois basketball account where he's eating his competition at point guard alive. He wanted the world to see it. So he tweeted out, hey, I stand by Ty. Did he like quote tweet these clips or was it just in response to Illinois fans freaking out about Ty he quote tweeted like- Illinois puts a video out. That's literally just two clips of Dre Gibbs Lawhorn locking down Ty Rogers and basically forcing turnovers like Ty can't dribble. And they tweet that out for some reason. Illinois fans rightfully get in the comments like, LOL, that's supposed to be our point guard. And then Dre Gibbs Lawhorn quote tweeted it and said, basically, Y'all got to chill. Stand by Ty. He's one of the most improved players on our team. Which, first of all, 
How would Dre even know how improved Ty is? He wasn't there last year, okay? <laughs> so, I, man, I love Illinois. I love everything about Illinois. This is so Illinois that this is happening on July 28th because their own Twitter account tweeted something. But uh, the body language expert in me is is off and running. Ulamog, our boy, with the comment of the year. We're going to save this for the last comment. We're going to come back to Ulamog in a moment. We have three others to get to first. Uh, Gadsby says Carter squad looking for a first round exit. I just don't, I don't know why people are so caught up. I have literally everything. Okay. I got a utility white guy from Wisconsin. I got the best guard. I got two of the best guards in the conference. Like what are, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> and I got, and I got a coach that will literally assault a referee if needed to win a basketball game. You got two of the best guards in the conference, but you don't have the best guard in the conference. I do have that the best was your miss. That I was both the best guards in the conference. I know more than you said you skipped Tuesday comments. Yeah, we did. We had to because we pre-recorded Wednesday's episode with DK so that we could golf so that Carter could shoot 140 and then give his clubs away for free after the round. <laughs> Shady Forever G Unit says both of you lost the draft. That was just awful on both ends. Greg too worried about getting shooting and forgot to get anyone to defend other than his shooting guard, Jade Nakins. You still calling him a small forward at this point is showing just how triggered you are that he's still at MSU beyond sad at this point. Apparently you've never heard of a three guard lineup before. Well, Shady, first of all, thank you for some negativity to balance out the rest of the comment section today. That was a great note to end on. Second of all, I have heard of three guard lineups because I just drafted a team with three guards in it while making some jokes at your own team's expense. Third of all, I drafted Tom Izzo in the second effing round, and you want to call me a hater? I took him before, like, 10 other players in this draft were taken. Okay, stop giving yourself credit for picking Izzo second. You didn't do it for the love of the game or the love of your team. You did it for narrative. I took Tom Izzo second in a draft where I'm trying to win a national title. And now I'm going to get shit on by Michigan State fans for that. Like, come on, can't win with you. Uh, Shady, first time seeing you in the comments. Hope we see you every time in the comments, my friend. I would love to have a nice little back and forth with you for, for now and forever. Let's go to my favorite comment in Sleepers Media Channel history. Carter, this comes from Ulamog, a beloved frequent commenter on this program. He says he needs some advice from the Sleepers. How do I turn down my friend who's trying to get me to go watch his musical? This is a dude I've met playing pickup. I've never hung out with this guy outside of sharing a court, and now he wants to guilt me by saying it's personally important to him. There is no shared interest here, and I'm not about to drive to bumfuck Waterford and spend four hours on some community theater. I don't want this to ruin our pickup runs. What should I do? Carter, let's throw it to you first. I'd like Riley's take as well on this. What would you do if you are Ulamog, Cart? Well, for starters, I, I know where the conflict comes in this, especially in today's day and age with pickup runs. When you locate good pickup runs, you got to lock those down. You truly do, because they don't just come about every, you know, once in a while, you know, every frequently, you know, they come through some, sometimes willy-nilly nowadays. Um, I'm an advocate of sometimes lying, Okay. And lying to protect the people you love. So lying to protect the teammate that you have for pickup runs. Me personally, with this being a musical situation, I go with something that traumatized me at a musical before. Um, I was in a musical when I was seven. And while I was there, you know, I almost passed away or something like that. So I cannot enter a musical theater anymore because I get PTSD every time I get in there. But I support you, my friend. And I feel like he would, you know, just 
go about his day after he said that. So I, I, I'm going the lying route with this. What a shocker. Carter's going the lying route. <laughs> uh, Riley, what would you do if you're Ulamog? Yeah, once I actually did pass out at a musical. Uh, Here we go. So it was believable. When I was six years old and like a choir performance at my elementary school, we had to do some, what do they call them? Rehearsal. And I passed out while rehe- rehearsing. I think I locked my knees and just fainted. So don't lock your knees. Um, but for me, what, what I would say, so this actually ties into to my, my father, a dedicated fan of Riley Fridays. He's at the beach right now. I'm with my family and he's been asking about it since we came into town on Wednesday. I'm like, yes, dad, I am recording. But he actually said this yesterday and I think it's pretty applicable. He said, children explain, adults inform. And it gives some very, a lion does not concern himself with the opinions of sheep vibes there. As far as you just have to inform, just say I have plans, I can't make it, and be done with it. Wow. Um, There's no way he hit you with that out of like nowhere as he threw you like five scrambled eggs and a side of toast or something like that, right? <laughs> where, where did the, I guess we'll have to dive in deeper to that, but that's a good way to go. I was still going my way, just letting it be known. Lie. Yeah, I, I, hmm, the two great options so far lie or inform. Uh, I, for me, it would come down to, is this your friend or is this your pickup teammate? Cause I, I think there's a clear distinction between that. Like you, you have guys you play pickup with and then you have friends you might play pickup with. No, see, but Greg, uh, to let you go, pickup, pickup teammates are honestly above friends. If you, yeah, if you they really can be think about it. Cause the friends are going to be there. I feel like you lose right. a pickup teammate. They, they're gone forever. Right. They can be for sure. And uh, you probably have to make because if it was your friend and you didn't want to go, you would probably think you could just tell your friend you don't want to go and you'd still be able to survive a friendship. Pickup is a little more vulnerable of a situation. Uh, But I would I would say this. If it's your friend, like if you truly view this person as a friend, I would advise you go to support your friend. If it's just a pickup person, I would not advise you go. And I would advise you pick one of the two paths Carter and Riley laid out for you. Either lie or tell the truth and informed that you just don't want to go to his musical and accept the consequences of that Ulamog. Hopefully that helped for you. And lastly, if it was me, I would just go to the musical because I love musicals. I was going to say that what musical it is probably would factor in, correct? Like if you want to see a rendition of Hamilton, you're probably just going, right? Also, is it like community theater or is it like traveling theater? Like what? what's the level of performers we're going to expect at this? Um, that would play into it. But again, I, I am a musical guy. I like musicals. Musicals are good. If you're if you're a good pickup teammate and you can also act in a musical, that is quite the renaissance, man. I'm not going to lie about that. I got to give credit to this anonymous teammate of Ulamog. You, yeah. you guys you guys on show up to this musical, don't you? He's a true five-tool <laughs> player uh, from all that we've Wait. seen and heard. Where is Waterford, by the way? I have no idea what he's talking it's about. It's like, it's it's not Metro Detroit, but it's like, uh, I live like 15 minutes outside of Detroit in Ferndale, and Waterford is like 30, 45 minutes from me, I would say. So it's like some, ran- it's a random place. I also want it known that I may or may not, sources have reported this, it has not been confirmed. I may or may not have notepads of multiple songs original that i've written for a lebron james musical that is in the works so um 
that take that as it is folks <laughs> maybe 10 years from now you might see that or hear that somehow all right thanks for the comment section especially thank you ulamog uh great week from the comment section you guys really shouldered quite a bit of work for us this week on the sleepers podcast let's get to why we're all here let's get to riley friday riley where are we headed on this wonderful friday all right we're gonna start in the college basketball world and look at the commitment of Jaquan Walton and what it means for Memphis. I want to hear from y'all if you think this is just an example of what I've called portal eyes about those late entrants or late commitments that excite fan bases when the players aren't that good. Or if Walton is actually someone who you think can contribute to what I, I believe will be a pretty intriguing team that should make the tournament in Memphis. You want to go first? I, I don't have too many thoughts here, so I'll, I'll be quick. I don't trust anyone penny ads that's sort of just across the board for me right now. And I think mostly it's because like, I don't, I don't want to say ruined. I don't think he got much out of Kendrick Davis last year. Maybe that's a little harsh, but I was expecting Kendrick Davis to walk in and be like first team, all American best guard in the country. Memphis is really good. And that didn't happen at all. Um, I know there were like some issues that weren't necessarily Penny's fault there, but like, I just I don't expect transfers to like play to their 100% ceiling and I think Jaquan Walton to me is a guy that would need to do that in order to move the needle at Memphis. He had one really good year at Wichita State. I don't know off the top of my head how old he is, but I think he's probably like 23, 23, 24. I like old guys. Old is good. You, you put him on the wing next to DeAndre Williams. Now we're talking. But uh, I don't think this is too much of a needle moving piece in my mind, mostly because I don't trust Penny to get the most out of him. Here's where I'm at on this. Uh, before I do get going, Riley, do you have you heard anything further about what Dandridge is doing with Memphis? Nope, nothing, nothing that I've heard on nothing. that. Nothing. Okay, well, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm assuming he's going to come back. So you have him, DeAndre Williams, um, and Jay Well, I I think you're just adding a team that's played a lot of college basketball games, and that wins in today's day and age, honestly. So having all those old guys who are also talented on top of it, less Dandridge being like that uber talented guy, but I think DeAndre Williams is extremely talented. And the fact that he's going to be like 26 and that talent that he has playing next year is going to be crazy. Uh, Jaquan Walton does some things that I've, you know, obviously I haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as Greg. Saw a couple of these games in Wichita State. I think he's a good player for sure. And him being old definitely helps him. But <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like when you give Penny the tools, I don't know if he necessarily knows. But, like, you could give – I don't know. You give him a buzzsaw and he tries to use it as a hammer. Like, he just doesn't know how to necessarily use his tools. Uh, so it would be interesting to see. I'd be – I feel like with what he's getting back and, you know, bringing in guys like Jaquan Walton, you know, the guys like JM, J. Martin are going to be uh, very critical of our young – Coach Penny, if he's not able to uh, put put some things together this year. Yeah, so I had some some thoughts on Jake Walton, and admittedly, I haven't watched a ton of his games at Wichita State. I was sort of just perusing the highlights that Memphis fan accounts were tweeting last night. And the highs of Jaquan Walton, he literally looks like Ricky Council the fourth with a jump shot. But again, these are also the highlights where I, I got to, you know, you look at his stats and he was a, about a 50, 40, 80 guy, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, and the highlights, he has some reverse dunks, like ticks all the boxes for things that you would tweet out there if you want to excite your fan base. Uh, but, you know, I know y'all 
talk about sometimes the connections that we develop in this world. And I was texting with an, uh, with an, with an American assistant and, or an AAC assistant. I don't know what's the most easy an American assistant just sounded weird to me. I was texting with, a, with an assistant in that conference and all he really said was Walton is one of the most efficient players that he's ever coached again against, but that was all he had to say about that. And usually like when you, when you talk to these assistant coaches about players they've scouted, the ones who are really kind of commanding headlines in the, in the portal, like I've done some of this with in working for the field of 68 daily. And usually guys are like, Oh yeah, let me call you. Let me give you like the rundown on this player. And all I got from this coach was, yeah, he's efficient, which you can kind of tell just from looking at his numbers. So that had me thinking like, I get that he's six seven. I get that he can shoot threes, but is there something I'm missing here? Like he's coming from a team that was kind of a losing program last year and being thrown to this Memphis team to where there's some intriguing pieces. And I wouldn't blame anybody if they put Memphis in the top 25, but at the same time, I, I look at this roster. I'm like, I don't, I still don't know if they have a top hundred player nationally. I rather, I rather have a coach roast me to the end of times in hell than respond to my game saying, He's efficient. Just let that be known. That's the word. That's <laughs> that is a, that is one of the biggest slap in the faces of all time. Yeah, yeah. My skepticism to Memphis is just like I feel like his rosters have gotten weaker, and they're not bad on paper, but just like the the talent level, in my opinion, at Memphis has clearly gotten further behind where it was a few years ago. Where like. He had teams where he had Landers, Nolly, Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones. Like, that was his backcourt. That's an awesome backcourt, even if they kind of don't complement each other well. Like, that's three awesome guards. And those teams were just fine. Like, I think they finished, like, between third and fifth in the American and, like, got eight to ten seeds in the NCAA tournament or would have. One of those was the COVID year. Like, I just feel like it, like, that stuff, like, those guys don't seem to be staying there. Like we're replacing those guys with like just holding over Deandre Williams and Walton, who I don't think is as good as those guys, like, or whatever loss and twins <laughs> are willing to stick around. Like, I just don't know. And the, the five-star freshmen are gone, which maybe is a good thing with Penny. I don't know. I, I don't know that there's anything Penny could do that. I would trust is the point, which probably isn't fair to Walton because I like what's there on paper from his one year at Wichita state. Um, I just like, that's my stance on all things Penny until proven wrong, right or wrong. Uh, I will say being able to get a six, seven wing who can shoot on July 27th is pretty impressive. I think like you want to ask him the cart. No, I'm just saying you, you, uh, sorry. It's a natural reaction when I hear six, seven wing that can shoot. <laughs> why why weren't more people after Walton? Like he wasn't getting chased did, I, everywhere. Yeah, was he? Charged, didn't he? Did he? What did you say, Cart? Did he get arrested? Yeah, he got arrested for a marijuana possession. Was what oh, I read. Sorry. Oh, we're you know if 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 Brandon <laughs> Miller didn't just go through that like well, if Alabama just didn't go through the Brandon Miller saga, there's no way that like Oates tells him he's not gonna take him. You know, I thought the arrest was literally just a reaction of like, hey, I dealt with this all last year. Like, go find a new school. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, and I probably shouldn't say people weren't after him, given the fact that he was going to transfer to Alabama. So, uh, yeah, at this stage, I agree. I think that's a good ad. I'm just skeptical of all things. I will say, uh, I don't know if this is even like appropriate or inappropriate to say, but I'm a big just headshot eye test guy. 
Jaquan Walton's ESPN headshot looks like he's a second team All American, and he also looks like the most Memphis player I've ever seen. Like if I were to envision what a creative player would look like for Memphis, it would be Jaquan Walton. From what I remember, <laughs> yeah, you've got that. a little bit of like Chris. I'm sorry, keep going. I was just gonna say there are a little bit of Chris Douglas Roberts vibes in that headshot. So yeah, like Maybe I, ex- I expect something. like a swaggy looking player. He's a swaggy looking player off of ESPN headshot. Card, card, I feel like he's gonna hit me with a "What do you mean by that?" And I, I don't <laughs> again, let's just keep going. Uh, let's just keep going. All right, what's the next topic, Rob? Right. Hey, it's Greg here, interrupting whatever nonsense Cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now, Monday through Friday. You can find the full video episodes of every episode of the Sleepers Podcast on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to. Please like and subscribe, though, because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing, and we don't really make any money off of this right now, which uh, is not ideal. So, yeah, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoy this. And let's get you back to the show. Yeah, next topic is we need to talk about Nebraska basketball. Uh, I was listening to your podcast with DK, you know, talking some some buy or sell Big Ten schools. I don't believe any Nebraska talk got mentioned. Y'all are Big Ten guys. Uh, I'm sort of Big Ten adjacent. I keep tabs on it. I don't have the same blood, sweat, and tears invested in it as y'all. But from an outsider's perspective, I'm kind of intrigued by their roster, but at the same time, like, hasn't that kind of been the story of the Fred Hoiberg era? Is there any way that this ends differently with some of the pieces he's brought in? Your thoughts? Cargo first. Uh, it, it is pretty, I mean, the story of Nebraska basketball. I do talk myself into Hoiberg's rosters, like, a lot. And I'm not saying I talk him into, like, competing in the Big Ten. But I talk about, like, you don't want to play Nebraska, I guess, per se. Like, they got some guys. Kisei Tominaga is probably my favorite guard in the country, and I've been saying that for a while. I really want to hit the portal. Like, we need a Kisei at Duke next year. That would have been special. Or North Carolina, sorry, Riley. But, like, I would rather have Kisei than, than a Cormac Ryan, like, 100%. I'm just saying, like. Um, I don't know if I can buy the other parts of the roster still. I just, I can't. And I think I've reached my breaking point with, with Hoiberg. I just, I can't, I can't get myself to buy into like that roster being, I guess, quote, quotation marks competitive. Uh, but Kisei Tobinaga will be an all big 10 player. Probably. Is he an all big 10 player? If he averages 20, you don't think he finds his way onto an all big 10 team? Uh, I don't think he's averaging 20. I think he's averaging like 12 and just going to have like the occasional Stop. games where he you blows up. 15 minimum? He averaged 13 yeah, last getting, year. Right. Yeah, so he'll get like, 15 minimum, man. He's going to get plenty of shots. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I, think, I don't, I don't I think, know if he's that guy. I have a hope that Kisei is this year's Budarius and he's coming He's coming for your heart, Mr. Waddell. I like Kisei. Don't get me wrong. No one will ever be my Budarius. That's just not possible. Also, I'd be very curious what Kisei's nickname ends up being if he earns a Carter Elliott middle name nickname. I feel like we would probably get canceled very quickly if Cart tried to go that route. But um, I here's my biggest issue with Nebraska for next year. CJ Wilcher is like maybe their third best player. And... That's really scary to me. I don't know that there was a worse player in the Big Ten Conference last year that was like a starter than C.J. Wilcher. 
I, I want to just rattle off some numbers because I genuinely was when we went to see Nebraska, I was like, I can't believe this guy's in the rotation, let alone he's on the court the whole game. And they're in a tie game with the best team in the country, Purdue at the time. Uh, he shot below 40% from the field. He shot 31% from three on four attempts per game. He had more turnovers than assists. He shot 63% from the free throw line. And he just like played 30 minutes a game starting at the two for Fred Hoiberg. I never understood it. Uh, maybe they didn't have better options, but they still don't have better options looking at the roster for next year. I like the Bryce Williams ad. That's good. Uh, I think they're going to miss Greasel a lot. And I think he was honestly pretty underappreciated. Like he didn't have the best year by any means, but like 12, six and four as a first time big 10 player who was pretty efficient, was pretty impressive to me. Uh, they need somebody to like, at least match that and take a step forward from that. If this team's going to be better than last year. And I guess they're kind of hoping that's Bryce Williams, but then you're still relying on the same role players to take steps forward. And I'm not sure I see it, which is sad because I wish Fred Hoiberg was like a guy in this conference. I think it would be really good for the big 10. If Fred Hoiberg, like actually turned around Nebraska basketball and was kind of getting some recruiting momentum, but he's just not like he's stagnating from like the Bryce McGowan's years to it's going downhill now. The whole program's okay. Just lose games, get a cake pop afterwards and move on. Yeah, they did. They Riley, they literally gave out cake pops last year after losing to Purdue. It was horrifying. You don't like cake pops or it was more so just the, uh, we're, we're the maddest people in the arena. I mean, I did take a cake pop and it was delicious, but like I'm livid. (laughs) And they're just handing out cake pops and everything's okay. Yeah. 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 We, they've probably been kind of loose to used to losing though. They've never made a tournament. Yeah, but that's there's no desire to change, is the point. Like they're they're gonna show up, be competitive, be happy that Kisei got his 18 and go home with a cake pop. That's Nebraska basketball, and that's horrible. All right. Well, well, why I first wanted to even talk about Nebraska, I'm glad you mentioned Bryce Williams because he's another one of those six, seven shooting wings who I actually love his addition. I think he comes from a good defensive scheme at UNC Charlotte, won the CBI last year. Shout out to them. Uh, and just has like a smooth offensive game that I think maybe Hoiberg can finally get a team that can shoot above 32% from three. I was like looking at some of his Iowa State teams last night. When he was at Iowa State, he never had a team that shot below 36% from three. And yet at Nebraska somehow, I think their best is like 33% two years ago or something. Like that to me doesn't make much sense how you can have that significant of a drop-off just going from one program to another. Um, But I would also say I'm intrigued by Rink Mast. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but uh, it looked like – you know, a lot of his – he's kind of that back-to-the-basket big who can also play out of dribble handoffs, do a little bit on the perimeter. And I wonder if Hoiberg will try to use him like he used Derek Walton last year and kind of get him in the middle of the floor, let him make plays from the elbow, top-of-the-key type stuff. Um, but I, I would kind of have hesitations about a Missouri Valley big translating to a lot of power conference levels. But I know in the Big Ten there's going to be plenty of back-to-the-basket bigs and – guys who aren't necessarily the best athletes to where that might not get as exposed as it would had he gone to like the sec or something. I think that's fair. I also am really hopeful. This might just be my heart talking. I think this might be the year where we feel like the big 10 centers died. Like the whole, there's like seven dominant big 10 centers and you need to be as big as pot. I think that ends this year because Dickinson's out. TJD's out. 
Um, I'm forgetting who else. Like there are, there's young centers that are coming up, but I, they're not like the gonna score twenty every night guys that you need to match up with. So, card is that crazy? Like I feel like we might get a small style of play change. Yeah, I mean it'll definitely change after this year. I like this is this might be the one last run, like Edie's last run as big man of the conference. But as you know, there's a seven footer in waiting, but they're probably not going to be Edie. At least I think they're not going to be. Shout out Will Berg. Supposedly he can step out and shoot a little bit at seven foot three. Uh, also, Madi Sissoko leaves the conference after this year unless he takes an extra year somehow. But uh, the the conference will stop shivering the moment that Madi Sissoko leaves. So that's good news. Man, I don't want to – I feel like I already angered Spartans fans by coming at Connor Took. I, I think I disrespected this game a little bit. After I made my comments, I looked at his stats, and they were better than I remember. But I've been out on Madi Sissoko since Carter sent me a video of him dumbbell bench pressing 20 pounds like two years ago <laughs> where if you're a d1 player and you're you're repping out 20 pound dumbbells like i get that long arms probably makes bench press a little bit harder than it is for me who's all of 511 but still you got to be doing a little bit more than 20 pounds in, in in a workout video being posted by your school's official social media page that is almost the equivalent of ty rogers getting eaten alive by jare gibbs law horn Definitely bad execution on his part and social media team's part. <laughs> For those at home that don't know, Riley uh, Riley's a strong man. I think that's fair to say. Again, professional football player at one point in his life. Uh, he's a frequent gym goer. And Riley, I do feel like in attempts to be humble with it, I do feel like you would acknowledge that you may, might be stronger than a good segment of Division One college basketball players. Could we uh, assign a percentage to this? How many... What percent of Division One starters do you think you could out bench press? Probably sixty to seventy. Wow. That Amani Bates wingspan. Maybe that's ambitious. It's true. I do have that Amani Bates wingspan, Barnes. but I also I know basketball players don't really work on bench press like that, or at least they didn't when I was in high school. Like squat but, would be a different story. True. My squat's pretty. My squat's pretty good, but I know that like. D1 basketball players, I'm assuming, can squat a lot of weight. What's your max bench, right? Like 900 pounds or something? Something insane? In my in my prime, you probably it's gonna. It was. It say was it. Say it. Say it. 390 in my prime. Wow. 390. Yeah. Right now, it's probably in like the 330s. <laughs> yeah, that's. You bring powder to the gym with you? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the one time I did do 390, it was uh, I was high on some pre-workout that made me like grunt uncontrollably and sweat profusely, and I've never used it again. But it did give me that extra boost I needed. <laughs> Impressive stuff. Uh, we'll we'll get these two to share their gym tune of the day playlists for all the listeners at home. Uh, thank you, Riley Davis, for this. All right, let's move from Nebraska Nebraska ball to uh, the whatever the final topic is today. What do we got, Riley? Yeah, last topic we have is an NFL vibe check on your favorite team. Ooh. So that would be Lions for y'all, Bucks for me. And uh, I got inspired by this because, you know, I'm perusing Twitter yesterday, minding my own business, and I see Baker Mayfield's trending. And I never assumed that's anything good, especially since he signed with the Bucks. And it's like him and Todd Bowles chopping it up in a press conference about, like, oh, Baker, you're not going to be the starter. <laughs> and Todd Bowles has no personality. He's making, making jokes with Baker who – I mean, even when Baker was on those progressive commercials, like those were always garbage. Like even when people had to pretend like he was good. And 
I'm sitting there like, man, this is tough to watch. It's a fall from grace after winning a Super Bowl three years ago. Yet at the same time, I feel like that Baker-Bowles combination is a guaranteed to get us either Caleb Williams or Drake May, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, having Baker Mayfield as your quarterback is a bad vibe. I know you're looking on the bright side, but that's just bad vibes in general. Uh, I'm scared vibes of my team. I'm scared just because if I know anything, people being excited about the Lions just naturally scares me. Like, all I can do is think about the worst-case scenario. Um, so, with me, I'm just scared. I'm scared of all the hype. I'm scared of, like, my dad texting me, like, oh, we're winning to work. We're winning easily 10 games this year. Like, that scares me. It does. So, Greg knows it. We were talking about it when we were golfing. I'm just – I'm scared right now. That's my vibe. Yeah. Yeah, Carter is scared. I'm a Lions optimist, generally. Uh, I fall for it almost every year. Like, I don't – assume Super Bowl, but I assume like this team's competitive and they can win any game they go out there for. Um, and then like by week six, I'm just emotionally crushed because they lose in dramatic fashion every time this year's team, I think is actually good though. I, I don't know how many times I would have said that in the past, even when I'm like optimistic, trying to talk myself into it. Like this year's team is good. Aaron Rodgers is gone. We're the franchise that killed Aaron Rodgers, sent him packing, like that mojo, that emotional hurdle that they cleared themselves, I feel like is meaningful and translates into this season. So I also love that uh, we have gamblers on our team. I think that's critical. Uh, Jameson Williams, like setting the tone early by by just being a gambling addict is awesome. So also, and Jared Goff, I want to stand by Jared Goff. I know there's a lot of discussion on like, should they have, sided with Jared Goff or should they have gotten a quarterback in the draft or whatever. Um, Jared Goff is the perfect Detroit quarterback because he's just like boring and nobody cares about him. That's what we need. Like I love Matthew Stafford. He was my favorite ever, but we need a dude who like might be good, might not be. No one cares that just like sneaks up on you. And all of a sudden they win 10 games. You're like, wait a second. Jared Goff just won 10 games in the national football league. Love that fit in Detroit. So your standby, Jared, is a lot more genuine than uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn's standby tie. Yeah, yes. Uh, now, if we traded Jared Goff like <laughs> tomorrow for the rights to a top two pick in next year's draft, I would be ecstatic about it. But while he's in Detroit, I stand by him, and I would die for him. Hendon Hooker's the future. Also, I forgot y'all drafted Hendon Hooker. I just want to say, like, oh, like TJ Hawkinson, if you're listening to this, don't think we forgot about you, by the way. Don't oh. think we've don't think we forgot about those comments where you're so excited to play on a team that can win games for the first time in your life. Don't think we forgot about that. Don't think we didn't watch your team fizzle out and end their season on a sour note while the Lions rattled off seven out of eight to end the season after oh, we yeah. traded no, your no, bum ass. No. No, we didn't forget about him kicking ass out here looking like white privilege Eric Ebron. But oh, he's a you. Oh, he's an Iowa tight end. Oh, he can block. He's got great lots of hair. Show ass up, man. If it wasn't for George Kittle hyping you up, people would really see who you really are. But we see we we like that. We'll see you two times this year, Playboy. On me, saying that I'm excited to have an opportunity to win for the first time in my career while playing for the Vikings is just insane behavior, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, also, shout out for Swag God Kamikaze. I miss you. Um, but yeah, you you wanted a lot more money than we can give you. So, but thank you for the memories. 
fallout boy. Great song. Uh, Riley, thanks for the NFL heat check. Appreciate it. Uh, again, you can get Riley Davis's work at heat check Riley, tell the people where they can follow you. And then we'll do our one big thing presented by Bigby. Yep. That's at Riley underscore Davis three. Read me on heat check. CBB.com build a 68 daily on Mondays as well. That's it. What happened to amateur hour hoops, by the way, that was the Riley Davis. We knew when we were introduced to you. Yeah, that was my my blog when I was on the come up. That has not had a new edition since the summer of 2021. But you know, I still still pay homage to that site. Still check it out from time to time and see see some of the stuff I was writing back in you know 2019, 2020. I actually have some uh, a couple articles gassing up Cassius Winston. So I was always I was always in on him. Shout out to Spartans, the to Sparty. I'm trying to win myself back into their favor, but Spartan okay. dogs. Are you, do you still write for Outkicks occasionally or no? No, I actually uh, I, I retired from that as well, just to kind of try to clean up my my public image. <laughs> Respect. Let's do our one big here. thing. One big thing presented by Big B. Big B, where you can get coffee. Big B. Uh, Carter, what is your one big thing today? You need to work on that. Uh, my one big thing is in defense of you, because uh, I'm sick of how Rob Doster's carrying himself on Twitter. So my one big thing is I'm going to cook him for like the next like 27 seconds. Um, you always look like you have a face that you just walked out of an Ulta. You look like you're controlled by a ventriloquist every time you hop on a podcast. Um, your comb over looks stiff and it looks like it stinks every other day. Um, you drink athletic greens to say you lost weight, but really you probably just took a poop probably 10 minutes before the podcast went on. Uh, love you, Dowster, but stop coming at my boy G bringing up old tweets and old sleepers things. You, you don't want to come for us. Let that be known. Wow. I didn't expect that today. And uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Tucker Carlson with Bob Horley's phone number. Riley, what's your one big thing for today? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's tough to follow up. My one big thing is, is an observation I've made since being at a, a condo. Um, I hate whenever I go to an Airbnb or really any sort of rental home for a vacation, and they provide you with shampoo, conditioner, and no body wash. A lot of them will give you body lotion, but no wash, where I'm like, in the hierarchy of what sort of fluids you need when you're on vacation, it's like the wash is up here, the lotion's down here, yet the they're provided in an inverse correlation of that. So to anybody who owns a rental property, just hook your people up with body with body wash. It's not that expensive to get a little travel size, and I always forget to pack it. So, Wow. Um, what was your one big thing last week? Wasn't it also related to hygiene? Uh, it was about environmentally friendly pest control. Yeah. <laughs> and how it doesn't work because <laughs> I'm still getting cooked by mosquitoes every time I go on my back patio. I I love Riley Davis so much. He's been such a great <laughs> ad to this show every Friday. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, the two of you because Riley just made time to make this happen on vacation. And after a lot of criticism, Carter really showed up this week in a variety of ways he did not miss an episode he was prompt he was punctual he was on time and uh he brought it home for the people so i'm impressed with both of you uh thank you this week thank you Doster looks like he steals all of his candy out of his kid's halloween sack thanks for watching the sleepers podcast we'll see you next week uh as we enter into august thanks for listening as always subscribe on the Doster looks like he wears two left socks every day we'll see you next week Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.